This episode of The Bryantland Show is brought to you by OnX Hunt. Too Short once had a line in one of his songs where he said he never leaves the studio until the song is done. That same logic can be applied to deer hunting as you should never leave the stand or the blind until the deer are done. I'll explain. Deer hunting is also supposed to be a place of tranquil, a place of peace. What happens when you don't get that peace because you got your damn cell phone with you on your deer hunt? And in 2020, all kind of crazy things have been happening. But one thing's for certain, gun sales are going through the roof. There's a Carbon TV article about it. We'll explore it and talk about it right here next on The Bryantland Show as soon as they hit my music. Stone Mountain, Georgia. This is the Bryant Land Show. Hosted by Proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bryant Land Show. Thank you for taking the time, making the download, and coming through, seeing what we got going on this week, man. Deer season. You know, I seem like I talk about it every week here, but, you know, deer season is in full, full swing. You know, you're getting out, you're going hunting, getting to your stand, uh, enjoying deer season. See, a lot of people have already got kills, already got deer on the ground. Um, So all those things are great. But one of the things that I've learned uh, when I go out deer hunting, or should I say one of the things that I learned this time going out deer hunting is that it ain't over till it's over. Now, I believe that was an old Yogi Berra saying. And in that beginning of the show today, you know, I repeated a too short line, I believe, from a song that he had back in the day called Buy You Some. And he said, I never leave the studio until the song's done. Well, last week, I left the stand before the deer were done. Or I was packing up before the deer were done, I should say. So I'm sitting in my stand in my climber. Been a pretty quiet hunt for the most part. Not really a whole lot of action. Uh... Even the squirrels were quiet. Uh, I did see a couple of rabbits kind of going through the woods. But for the most part, it was a pretty quiet hunt. Uh, Sunset was coming. Uh, I was still kind of hopeful. It's was like maybe, you know, the last little bit I should light, I'll be able to make something happen. Something will come through. And I can put an arrow through one of these deer. Well, as it may... Like I said, sun going down. I was like, all right, you know, looked at my looked at my watch, sunset. Um, you know, we've already reached sunset, so I was like, all right, well, you know, let's go ahead, um, un unknock one of my, you know, un unknock my arrow, uh, unclip my release, 
And as soon as I unknocked the arrow, I could see a movement kind of like almost up under me and just a shade behind me. And I kind of looked, and sure enough, it was a doe. Uh, Medium-sized doe. No, nothing huge, not a big nanny. But nevertheless, a doe. So I'm already, and instead of kind of remaining calm, I was kind of getting pissed because it was like, all right, you mean to tell me I've been here, and now this doe shows up. So she... Kind of starts walking a little bit. I knock my arrow back in. That was easy enough. But I couldn't find my damn release. Now, I took my release off. I dropped it in the pocket. Of course, you know, with my with my harness and then my pants. You know, there's all kind of pockets. And I got a vest harness, so it's got extra pockets that you can put stuff into. Um, so... I'm scrambling, trying to A, find my release, B, not spook this deer, should I find the release, and oh, by the way, because we've already reached sunset, the shooting light, daylight, going down quickly, even quicker, you know, tick, 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 so like I said, knock the arrow, not a problem, watch this deer, she didn't really know that I was there. She kind of, she walked the trail that she wanted to take. She kind of curved around and I'm still fumbling. I'm fumbling. I look up, I kind of lost sight of her. You know, that brown on those deer blends in really well. If you're not, you know, if you don't keep your eye on them and if they're still and they're not moving, I mean, they're, they're cold as a camouflage. So I'm fiddling in my pockets and I'm like, I just dropped this damn release in a pocket. Where is it? And it's simply because I'm trying to find it in a panic or trying to find it very quickly. So nevertheless, deer, you know, gets around. I still had a shot. I'm fumbling, looking. And then by the time, of course, that I get the release. I have very little to no shooting light. I don't want to chance it. I don't want to be traipsing around the woods trying to find this deer, especially if I can't make a good shot and hit her. But, you know, I'm big on not squandering opportunities because especially in the woods, at least I know for me, these opportunities they are not plentiful. You have to make the most of them when they come. And I kind of look at, you know, deer season, uh, almost like football season, where it's like, okay, you look, you, as the season progresses, is this something that's going to haunt you? Is this something that you're going to regret as the season goes on? But it's also something that, you don't want it to just stick in your mind and become a complete negative. You know, it, it's definitely a learning experience and it's something that I learned for it. I thought I waited it out as long as I could. Sunset, official sunset time happened. Shooting light was getting low. Let me get down 
get out of the woods nice and quiet, slip out. And as I get ready to get down and slip out, that's when the deer show up. Of course, as as I'm climbing down, two more show up. But with it being very low light, dark in the woods uh, where I was at, you know, they couldn't make me out. They didn't know what was going on. So hopefully, you know, they were none the wiser. But very frustrating, to say the least, to possibly have that opportunity to have some venison and to blow it. So for all of you out there that are listening to this, just know that it ain't over till it's over. Like I said, the old Yogi Yogi Berra saying, but more importantly, man, just stay ready. Keep your stuff ready because you never know when it's going to go down. Whenever you go on a hunt, whether it be deer duck, quail, turkey, goose, whatever, hog, whatever you hunting, part of the joy of going hunting is to kind of get away from it all. Uh, Like a peace, tranquility kind of deal. And I would assume when our forefathers and ancestors and stuff would go hunting it was a lot easier for them to get away and to kind of shut everything down because when they went hunting they didn't have iPhones they didn't have back in the day beepers um, all these little distractions that could possibly ruin your hunt or ruin your focus on a hunt you know we live in a society now where you know we're connected 24 7 you know a lot of us hunt in between work or in between assignments you know we squeeze in quick hunts when we can sometimes you know when we go hunting we're still connected by our phone might be in the stand checking the email and if you're saying like well I never do that or da 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 you're lying okay there are people there there are people out there that are doing it I mean it's the society that we live in and depending on what kind of job that you have that requires you you know or requires a set of responsibilities you know there are times where you're in the stand you know checking email checking your fantasy football team or something to that nature well for me I like when I go, like I said, to get away and to just kind of decompress and, you know, just kind of decompress, recharge. But the problem is, especially in the afternoons, it never fails. Somebody is going to try to call me multiple people are going to try to call me it's almost better for me to go hunting in the morning that way the kids are in school everybody's kind of doing their own thing and it's less of a chance to be disturbed my mother god love her called me one two three four times when i was in the stand the other day facetime twice which My mother, you know, barely uses FaceTime. She usually uses it to talk to, you know, the grandkids, to my son and daughter. 
And then she called me two more times. So finally, a text, emergency contact. I said, please, because I try, you know, when you're out in the field, you don't want to answer the phone. And, and I knew in my heart of hearts, they said, well, you know, that's your mama. Your mom's calling, you know, it could be uh, some kind of emergency. No, I knew in my heart of hearts that it wasn't anything urgent. I, I just know these things, okay? So, text emergency contact, say, hey, call my mom, find out what's going on. Tell her I'm out here, I'm trying to deer hunt. I will call her as soon as I get down the stand. Again, gut feeling. Knew there was nothing wrong, people. Or it was nothing major. Sure enough, text back. She just wanted to tell you that her phone wasn't working. So how do you call on the phone that is allegedly, quote unquote, not working to tell me that it's not working? Like I said, I told you, I knew it wasn't anything urgent. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this text message and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I text I said, that doesn't make any sense. Now, mind you, this conversation, this whole exchange is going way farther than it needs to go for somebody who is out in the woods deer hunting and supposed to be enjoying deer hunting. But people, they won't let me be great. You know, two declined FaceTimes, two declined phone calls. Oh, she just wanted to let you know that the phone wasn't working. I told you that it wasn't anything. So then... I get another text message saying that the water, like there's a, a water main break and the water's off. Okay, I don't work for the city. I'm not a water main break fixer. I am a director. I direct live television when I'm not making a kick-ass podcast for y'all. Okay, I direct live sports television. I am by no stretch of the no stretch of the imagination a guy that you want fixing the water main when it breaks. So again, I'm out. I'm deer hunting. I don't get a lot of chances to do it, especially now that football season's in. Work requires me. So I would just love to be able to go out and enjoy deer hunting without being disturbed, without getting phone calls saying my phone is broken, but you're calling me, or no, my phone is dead, but you're calling me on the quote-unquote dead phone, or getting text messages about water mains breaking that, I have nothing, there's nothing that I can do about it an hour and 45 minutes away. I can't fix it. Nothing's flooding. Just let me go out here, enjoy deer hunting, enjoy being in the woods in peace. And mind you folks, I'm not married. So I can't even imagine what married men go through when they're out here trying to enjoy the outdoors or trying to have some peace and quiet 
and you constantly got texts and stuff like that. But it is what it is. You know, it's life. But nevertheless, I would love to be able to go out, go on a deer hunt, and, you know, maybe the answer is just leave the phone. But you don't want to just leave your phone because what if it is an emergency? What if there is a problem? You know, like I said, in this case, I knew in my gut nothing was really wrong. And sure enough, nothing was really wrong. But it was DEFCON 5 as far as they were concerned. You know, when I first started hunting about uh, five years ago now this fall, you know, one thing that people always used to say to me is, you know, aren't you scared to be out there in them woods? Uh, aren't you afraid being in them woods as a black man out in the country? You don't know what could happen to you. A lot of the, you know, traumas that happen to black people out in the woods, you know, coming up, you know, with our ancestors and everything. You know, people always ask me, you know, aren't you scared? Aren't you afraid? Aren't you, you know, afraid of being in the woods? Or aren't you afraid to go hunt this place or that place or go hunt with, you know, whoever? Aren't you afraid to go hunt with them white boys, you know, out in the woods and blah, 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 blah. Like all these kinds of things. And while I was not completely naive um, to those things and I did think about it my you know urge to want to hunt learn how to hunt be out go hunting all that other stuff outweighed any kind of fear that I had so for me it it really wasn't a big thing but as I was scrolling through social media I came across this clip uh, from a young man, uh, we'll just say Dennis. And it's actually, it was on the page of uh, Hunters of Color. Shout out Hunters of Color for actually posting this and bringing, you know, this to the, uh, to the, to the forefront, you know, bringing attention to this. But I saw this clip and I just want y'all to take a listen and it's sad um, that he had to experience this, but just 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 take a listen for yourself. I'm out here hunting. You know, I got into it this year, and uh, I'm hunting out here in Osteen, Florida. And we got the neighbors. They stopped, started playing loud music, and now they're, they're playing I Hate Niggers, Jigaboos, and all that, man. Just because we, we came out here a few times, did some stuff on, on the property, myself, Visham, you know, he owns the property, and, you know, they're playing that kind of music and all, all this stuff going on right now, man. You know, I'm, I'm a first responder, and and it just breaks my heart to know that, like, you know, we can get a call on this person. I go, I, and I go on him and treat him like a human being, you know. I don't have, I don't hate anybody. I don't have any hate in my heart. But I'm out here in the woods in Osteen, Florida, and I can't even hunt because we got people out here playing music saying, I hate niggers and jigaboos, man. Like, what did I, I haven't done anybody. I've dealt with this, I dealt with this kind of stuff all my life. You know, being biracial and an outdoorsman, this is like breaking my heart right now. I, I don't even know if I can even leave right now. Because I, I, I'm scared that, you know, the neighbor, man, that shared this stuff, man, please. So that right there, I mean, you can hear the terror 
in that young man's voice. And, you know, I can go on a rant and go on a tangent about how despicable and how, you know, bad it is. But frankly, I shouldn't have to. I mean, if you do if you don't listen to that and don't understand the problems that we have here in this country with everything that's going on. And, you know, people love to holler about racism's dead and, you know, liberal this and the liberals want to take over and all this other bullshit that people, you know, talk about when you try to talk about equality and just people wanting to be safe. That man just wanted to hunt. Something that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you enjoy doing. You and I enjoy hunting. And because this kid as a, as he says, biracial, you know, person has to, you know, go out and while he's trying to hunt, getting harassed by his neighbors, if you don't think that there's something wrong with that, then there's something wrong with you. And I'm going to tell you something, too. You know, there are hundreds of articles talking about how hunting, hunter numbers are down. You know, there are articles all over the place talking about how the numbers are down for hunting. You know, we don't have enough new hunters. We don't have enough, you know, uh, people of color, black people, enough women, all these different things. But if you people are continuously running folks away because of the high horses that you sit on about what really is and isn't hunting, about these racist, conservative attitudes that you have, I'm going to tell you, there's not going to be any hunting left for any of us. The numbers are just going to die out. The damn thing is going to die out and you will have nothing to blame but the hatred in your cold black hearts. And that's all I got to say about that. Last thing for this week, you know, like I said, I was perusing the old internet and saw on the Carbon TV blog, 2020, a record-setting year for new gun sales. Um, 2020 continues to crush record sales month after month for guns and after the last thing that i just talked about with that young fella being afraid to go hunting uh in the woods i can kind of see why gun sales are going up but uh the article says you know there's been a uh steady spike uh in gun sales um it attributes the coronavirus uh economic shutdown as part of that uh, i also personally think that that had a lot to do with it because a lot of people in the early stages of the uh covid hell that we are in you know there were shortages in grocery stores people who normally bought food from the grocery stores were not able to go and get you know just basic food items so a lot of people thought and it was like okay this is it this is the apocalypse you know we're gonna have to go out we're gonna have to start hunting getting our own food things of that nature and for most people they're gonna go out and they go pick up a gun there was also a lot of people that thought that this was the beginning of the zombie apocalypse as stupid as that sounds to me but 
you know, a lot of folks, conspiracy theorists, things of that nature. Oh, my God, the zombies are going to get us. So that, uh, you know, that contributed to it. Now, here's the interesting part in the article to me again from the Carbon TV uh Carbon TV blog said with the stage already set and then move into civil unrest, uh, but for different reasons than initially expected, the uh, namely the George Floyd protest that led to public publicized looting and destruction. While the topic itself is home to many opinions, fact remains that nationally broadcast destruction created a setting where more and more Americans found themselves purchasing purchasing firearms for self-defense again to add my own commentary to that not so much purchasing the firearms while i i do agree that there's definitely a strong part of the population that is buying firearms to protect themselves from the quote-unquote antifa and black lives matter terrorists there were a lot of people that were buying firearms to protect themselves from the racist police um so you can add on to that now, here's another thing in the article that I thought was really interesting. I thought it was cool, too. Um, wasn't just gun buying that saw an increase. Many households went in the direction of self-sufficiency, increased demand for chickens, vegetable seeds, supplies. And the author goes on to say how he set up a, expand, or set up a home farm, basically expanding his own micro garden and then a small increase in uh, hunting and fishing. So... You know, that's something that I personally have toyed around with uh, when I finally get out into the country, you know, for good, um, is raising chickens. Um, I remember my great aunt used to raise chickens, um, not only for their eggs, but, you know, there were plenty of times where I would be outside playing with the chickens. And then next thing you know, later that evening, the chicken was on the plate. So, um, definitely, you know, one of those areas that I could see with all the panic, like I said, that started with the original uh, COVID-19 hell that we are in, I can see how people would want to go and try to, you know, get a little bit of swift kick in the behind, if you will, to jumpstart the need uh, to be self-sufficient. Um but like I said, great story by the folks over at the Carbon TV blog. I invite you to go over there and check it out. But with all the things that are going on in 2020, no surprise, gun sales hitting record numbers. All right, we're going to put a bow on this week's Bryantland show. But before I get ready to get up on out of here couple things I just want to remind you guys. First of all, BryantlandCountry.com is the website. BryantlandCountry.com. We have everything Bryantland on that website. We got merch. We got videos. We got past podcasts. Make sure you're going to BryantlandCountry.com, our website, and consume everything Bryantland. Want to send a big, big shout out to the folks over at Onyx Hunt. They sponsor the podcast, Onyx Hunt. We are very grateful and say thank you to the folks over there. Onyx Hunt, make sure you try 
their app. You go, you pick up that mobile app. It's good for iOS and Android phones. I don't go into the woods without my Onyx Hunt app. Know where you stand with the number one hunting app, Onyx Hunt. Big. Also want to send out a big shout out to the folks over at Traeger. We are Traeger ambassadors here at Bryantland. And man, we love being a part of the Traeger Nation. So I got to get a couple of deer on the ground so I can get them on the Traeger and get some good venison recipes going, get some deer burgers going. So make sure you guys out there join the Traeger Nation. Again, thank you for your support for the Bryantland Show. I know we kind of hit on some heavy topics today, but you know, these are things that are going on around us here in the hunting community we are not immune to the things that are going on in the world around us i try very very hard to separate those things and to kind of be a safe haven from all the bs and whatnot but it is getting harder day by day to keep it separated Nevertheless, we thank you for listening. We thank you for taking the time to come in. Make sure you tell five people to tell five more people about this podcast. If you're listening on Apple, make sure you mash those five stars and give us that five-star rating. Thank you again. Make sure you come back next week for another episode of The Bryant Land Show. <laughs>